Howdy, strangers. Al Mirabella here, the host of High Strangeness, a podcast that is late this week. That's right. I, I changed the tagline of the show for one week as shame and punishment to myself. It is over 24 hours late, though it will be up before 48 hours have elapsed. But if I learned anything, it is that sometimes you get in a little bit of trouble for your show being late. I got telephone calls. Where is the show at? I did not expect that. And I guess it is as it is as Jeffrey Lewis said, in a few devoted minds, I found a strong fan base. And that's beautiful. And I thank everybody who listens. It has been, let me tell you, I'm gonna, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump into it. Let me tell you why. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm gonna tell you why this show is late this week. This show is late this week, because my brain is broken. Things are really, really hard right now for a lot of people and for me. And I have it a lot better than a lot of people do. And that tends to be the attitude that I uh, try and take and the attitude that I tend to project. But not everything is always great. And it is very, very hard right now. I was thinking about how every difficult situation is an opportunity to engage the world empathically. There have been hard conversations that I've had to have recently. There have been situations that I have seen unfold in the public and, you know, less so in my private life, but that, you know, that stuff has happened in my my public or my private life before, but largely the things that are happening that are kind of affecting the world in a macro sense, but is also doing something very granular to basically everybody um, has made it difficult for me to do the things that I needed to do this week, like edit this podcast. It's made it difficult for me to do my laundry. Uh, it has made it difficult this week for me to clean my bathtub and to generally take care of myself. And, you know, it's embarrassing, but it's been hard this week to brush my teeth. Like, that's a thing that I have struggled with. That's a thing that I really struggled with when I was having a lot of really serious issues with depression. And I feel a lot better uh, these days because I have started taking care of myself and trying to take responsibility for myself. Whenever I see that sort of symptom pop back into my life, I realize that that is the moment that I need to begin to engage with the world more instead of going into my shell. And in this episode, we talked a little bit about how quarantine is, oh, the guest is Kat Turvo. They are absolutely amazing. One of my favorite people. You are going to love them. You're going to look at their art online and you are going to buy some of it because I'm telling you to right now. Um, also, please engage with the people who are on our show so that more people will want to come on my show. Anyway, that's a small tangent, but back to my point. Me and Kat talked about how you can like treat this period of time as the time where you have to go into the woods and you have to look inside of yourself. And this is an opportunity and this has been an opportunity, but you know, the woods are not always kind and there are predatory things that can happen when you are in yourself and in your mind that you have to address as factors of your ego and factors of the person you have become. It has been really nice to do a lot of work on myself, but it has also been very difficult. It kind of feels like another thing like me and Kat talked about. This thing is not a sprint. It is a marathon. And I have been trying to pretend to myself that it is a, a sprint, you know, like, oh, we just have to push through the end of this thing. Uh, but in reality, it's this long term thing that we have to sit and deal with and figure out, then we can't just push past and 
eventually we will weather this storm but god damn it if it is not is not like extra extra hard for me this week and i wanted to say that to say that if you're going through something similar like this is an opportunity to be kind to yourself and being kind to yourself isn't sitting around the house and watching tv all the time sometimes being kind to yourself is explaining to yourself that you need to take a second and be a responsible adult and not get mad at yourself for it but in a way you you empathize with yourself and say we are going to get through this and we're going to get through this by remaining active and remaining engaged and remaining mindful I love you guys. This show is very important to me, and the people who listen to this show are very important to me. So I think you're going to enjoy this week's interview. Um, Like I said, Kat is absolutely phenomenal. They have helped me get through this quarantine and been one of the people that I've been able to, like, talk to and engage with and remind myself that, hey, you know, I am a human with the human desire for connection and relationships and you look you're a person i don't i don't have to explain myself anymore start the theme song the truth does not require your belief the truth is real Video games don't have to be fun, but I would say that a core tenet of being fun is being engaging, and the best way to be engaging, which is the thing that a video game does need to be, is to be fun. If, if, the, if the baseline is engaging then and not fun, then I think, then yeah, I think video games can be art. I feel like I've played some artful video games, or at least I've seen them played. I, I think there's a lot of value to one of my favorite games, Nice Little Little Public 2, which I remember having fun as a kid. Now it's the gameplay is not fun. It's extremely unfun to me. Um, but I really enjoy Coder 2 for the themes it explores and for the story and for the dialogue. And kind of I enjoy it more as an art piece as opposed to a fun thing I do for fun. Do you think that Knights of the Old Republic 2 is a better Star Wars movie than the recent Star Wars movies? No, because it's not a movie. Uh, I think... I don't. I've, I've thought a lot about whether or not I want Kodor or Kodor Two to be um, adapted into movies, and ultimately, I really don't want that because I think such a core aspect of those games, and what both, obviously Bioware d- does really well, um, is the role playing aspect. And even though, obviously, especially these newer games um, or older games, I mean, the older RPGs have a tendency to like. There's only two endings. You can make as many choices as you want, but you're either going to get a, ending A or ending B. Um, but still in the moment, like you feel the conversations you're having, you feel really real and you really put a lot of thought into what your character is like and what they would say and what each relationship with another character is like, um, that if you remove that aspect from in a movie and you're forced to have a main character and it's usually going to be a white man, 
it's just so boring and I don't care and I don't watch it because if it's not my Revan or my exile then like I don't care about them I don't read fan fiction about somebody else's really specific exile OC in Atten Rand <laughs> you know I gotta it's, it's gotta be my it's gotta be my exile in my Atten you know beautifully said thank you <laughs> Now that doesn't answer my question, though. Okay. Oh, what's the Which question? Which is, is it vagina or is it virgina? <laughs> it's for, it's virgina. There we go. All right, I got a straight answer. I have never played Knights of the Old Republic or Knights of the Old Republic Two. Boo. Art. I I know that they're Star Wars RPGs. I'm interested in them. I think like were they released on PC? Is that is yeah? That was, that's so how I played them. I think that that's probably. I, I could be talking out of my ass here. I think they were PC exclusives. They might have eventually been released on something else as a part of Xbox. some kind of collection. They're on the Xbox. Oh, were they on Xbox? Yep, yep, yep. Well, in that era, I if it would, did not come out on a Nintendo GameCube, that was mm-hmm. not a video game that I got to play. Yeah, yeah. And also, honestly, I did not get interested in games like that until later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very much like the GameCube was was the beginning of the era of like, video games that are cute but are still good video games uh the obviously the the key example being legend of zelda wind waker and that was just the kind of shit i fucked with i played your Mm -hmm. legend of zelda wind wakers i liked your katamari damasis i like your uh animal crossings i like harvest moon and i eventually got to the point where like right now i'm currently playing far cry 5 a video game about murdering the alt-right and you know like i don't know where my video game taste shifted i'm probably older than you would think like you would think that that shift for a lot of people happens at like 13 or 14 Mm -hmm. but at like 13 or 14 i was still primarily interested in playing pokemon diamond and pearl you know yeah um as i got older and i kind of like i think once i made peace with the fact that i am a man and that i don't like a lot of men but i am a man like like I, I rejected a lot of masculinity because I, I was like, well, I don't need that. I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. I like art and and good movies. Mm-hmm. And in in reality, I thought that I was a better person for those things. And I was kind of I was a total piece of shit at that time. I was still like largely misogynistic, even for like a 14 year old boy. I was more misogynistic than the standard 14 year old boy. And I was very misanthropic and I hated basically everything. And video Uh games were were my escape in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like I ever needed to play Knights of the Old Republic 2 because I was like, this is just some masculine guys doing some masculine things shooting. I don't need a video game where you shoot guns. I want to play Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg for the Nintendo GameCube. Damn. And as I got older, I was like, those are good games. Those are good games. But, you know, the hard thing is that it's hard to go back to Knights of the Old Republic 2 now because yeah. because and I think I tried to play an emulator version of it. Mm-hmm. The problem is that they don't feel good anymore. I do think that is the saving grace of a lot of those like cutesy old GameCube games is that they still play really well because they are more focused on like mm-hmm. intuitive gaming ability i think that probably the reason video games got cute was that it was easier to make a cute video game play well and look good true yeah mm-hmm. there's a lot you can there's a lot of suspension of disbelief i think the simpler your character designs are and therefore like the simpler the gameplay is in some ways 
Hey, you have a Switch, don't you? You're a person who owns a Nintendo Switch. Switch. I do own a Nintendo Switch. We should play some some Animal Crossing sometimes. I, I would I would be into we that. We should. We should. I have not touched Animal Crossing in probably a month and a half or more. Yeah, that's probably about as much time as it's been since I've played. But I think it, the thing is, is like, I think people were leaning really heavy on the social aspects of the game. And I never played Animal Crossing as a social game. Yeah. But I really like one of my favorite things yeah. to do is to sit in a room with somebody and both independently play a game. I feel like we could do that. We would be good really friends at doing that. Would that would be fun. Mm-hmm. True, true. And you could come see my island, and I would show you that there are fences, but there's holes in the fences everywhere because yeah, I don't believe in fences. fences. I don't believe in fencing things in. Fences. in. Um, I Fences do not exist in my mind. They are not canonical. If I see a fence, I will cross it. I, I, I view fences as a challenge, and I have not found one that I have lost to yet. What about barbed wire? I talk myself into not wanting to cross a barbed wire fence. Okay, I talk myself into being like, I'm like, well, I don't even, well, I don't, what, there's nothing over there for me, Uh but a standard non barbed wire fence, I will, I will climb. I have been escorted off of premises for climbing over fences and people, you know, the thing is, is you climb a fence and people are like, well, you must want to do something bad over here. And you're like, no, I just want to show disrespect to the idea of the fence, <laughs> the idea of borders, the idea of personal property. These are all these are all fabricated ideas that the human ego came up with and none of which I believe. Yeah, but that's that's something bad that landowners and landlords and the gov- government probably uh, doesn't want you to do over there, you know. Can I tell you something interesting? I was talking to my friend Ina the other day, and she was telling me about this date that she went on with this guy who like they like microdosed mushrooms on their first date, which I don't ne- necessarily think that I would consider that to be a good first date. Then she like started talking to him about what he did, and he, he like mansplained to her what a landlord does and said that he was a landlord. And I was like, oh, all right. Well, that person... um, I don't think they're I don't think they got mushrooms. I don't think they got yeah. what that does to you. But you know what? I say that and I think that mushrooms and psychedelics for me, they showed me why I believe the things that I do. Like they reinforced my own beliefs that I already had. And I think they probably do that for other people on the other side of that too. But it's just so crazy because I I don't Especially, like, maybe I could have been a landlord yeah. five years ago, but, like, now the uh, very idea of it sickens me. Yeah. Uh, I think in a large part due to the I've smashing the structures within my own brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I had ever even considered it. Yeah. I don't want to be a landlord, but I would like to be a lord in the sense that I would like to lord over a people. So you want, oh, that seems more evil to me. Yeah, but I would be like a good lord. I'd be like lord a with an lord. E at the end. I'd be like, good lord. Like <laughs> I would be like, to, like people to yell that at you as you walk down the street, but it's like mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah. Or else, or else they would like be a, saying bad lord. You know, whenever someone lord. says good lord, that's almost never a like a good expression. Exactly. No one exactly. is ever like. No one is ever like. Good lord, I won the lotto. Yeah. And bad people are like, good lord, get that child's head out of your mouth. You know. <laughs> yeah. We should so be saying bad a, lord. It's, bad no, lord. Probably because it's no such thing as good lords. Would you say no lords hyphen no masters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. I think I would say that. You can Do you like that. Lord the singer Lord? Lord? She's fine. I can't. 
I don't stand, but it's fine. You don't I've stand, all right. I don't stand. It's I like that first Lord album. I thought it was really good. I think that that sound kind of got co-opted by a lot of people since then. And I listened to the second Lord album and I'm sure it was really good. But by that point, I'd heard so much music that sounded like that, that I had a hard time like vibing with it. Maybe that's not the real reason I didn't like it because I heard one ska song when I was 12 years old. And then I listened to every other ska song until I was like embarrassingly old until I was like 19 years old. I listened to so much ska. And here's the interesting thing about ska is it's all one song. They all sound exactly the same that does not surprise me actually i know you listen to i believe the quote is sad girl indie is that what you told me that is probably what i said yeah that's about what i said yep we got some lucy docus night shift that one cuts deep where where i live um anything mitski's ever put out it's good for a car cry Mm. Um, do you you cry in the car where do you cry primarily oh i cry in the car i'm a i'm a car crier too i was car crying yesterday i had like a full-on car cry like a cry like weeping in the car but it it felt like it wasn't sad like it felt really good Mm -hmm. i'm not afraid to cry i I like a good cry it's cathartic i also i mean i am kind of afraid to cry um i don't do it in front of people i i can't remember the last time i cried in front of somebody and I hated it. <laughs> so when was, I avoided. Uh, when was the last time you cried? Oh no! The last time I cried, it was when I watched School of Rock the other night. I watched, oh. which I never cry. I never cried in movies. It's really, really rare. But I watched School of Rock by myself. That's not a cry movie. It's really not. It's just uh, the end when the band's all coming together and they're playing their show, and then the girl comes out for her solo. Uh, and then it cuts to like her parents being proud of her in the audience. Oh man, I really love that. That made Did you cry. relate to that? <laughs> Maybe. Mm. I don't know if, yeah, I can relate to, you know, wanting your parents' approval. Are your parents generally proud of you? I think generally, but it's more of a general idea. I don't think they know what I do or particularly like what I do, but they know I'm doing something, you know? Uh, My parents were proud of me for a while, and I don't think they're like, unproud of me i don't think uh-huh. that they're revolted by what i do but i think at one point my parents were like well he's finally got it figured out and uh, then i think that all broke down and then it was like well my mom told me on the f- on the phone today she was like you know there's a job opening at the aldi She's like, <laughs> i could see you as the manager at the aldi and i was oh like that's a fine job for somebody to have who's yeah. not me um, I don't yeah. want to be the manager at an Aldi. I, I understand that. I would be bad at that job. That's a big reason I wouldn't want it. I'm not great with people. I mean, I'm okay with people, you know, but I'm like, I've been just, I, I, I'm, I'm eager to please, you know, and I think that would just ultimately long-term working in customer service would like eat away at my soul. I would nothing left for me. Maybe you can share this sentiment with me, right? But mm-hmm. as a person who is largely creative, who a big piece of my identity is being creative. Mm-hmm. The idea of doing a job that is not creative in the long term yeah. stresses me out. I and mean, I'm not do... saying I don't need to be like a total creative. Like I don't need to be like making my own art and selling it or making my own music or selling it or my own content. But like I want to do a job where like working in media and having a tangible thing at the end of the day that a team has worked yeah. on is a part of what I do. Yeah. I I kind of I don't have to work in creative. Um I don't think customer service would be great for me as I explained, but um if I ever like I have worked a lot of different creative roles. I do graphic design 9 to 5. Um started as a t-shirt designer. Um that was a lot of fun but paid terribly. 
Then I worked at Cartoon Network and that was also really fun, but there was other drama. I don't oh know. This is on the air. Yeah, there was other drama I'll get into, but I really liked working there. I would love to work there again one day. I don't know. I kind of quickly you learned You can say that. it on the show. You can say it. Shaggy was a diva, right? Shaggy. Oh my God. Shaggy, Shaggy was a diva. No, Shaggy was great, man. No, Shaggy was great. It was- um, Always always willing to roll one up with you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. No, it's on the air. You're not rolling one up with Shaggy, my dog. I wish I would have. It's okay. Nobody listens to this. Nobody. (laughs) Well, I'm going to promo it and put it on my feed and stuff. Oh, hell yeah. Unless it sucks. Oh, it's going to suck. I won't listen to it, though, because I hate the sound of my own voice. No, you have a nice voice. That's very sweet of you to say. It's pleasant. It's Midwestern. Aw, I've been. I've I've witnessed you say ope. I wish I could ope you on the show. Don't you dare me. Um, what is that? What is the we talked we talked about the UP, the Upper Peninsula, but you kept calling yes, it the, the UPA, UP. and I was the like, UPA? "What is the A for?" And you were like, "It's like <laughs> A, you know, like A." Like I'm from the UPA, you know. Mm. Uh, you know, you know what they call the part of uh, Florida that I'm from? Um, the balls. We yes, the, the <laughs> I live in the I lived in the taint of Florida. <laughs> no, uh, I we lived. We would say we lived in L.A. <laughs> LA, lower lower Alabama. True. Yeah, I'm from LA. Lower Alabama. <laughs> I'm from LA. Nice. I've met a lot of Florida guys here um in Atlanta. Not mm. a lot. I can definitely think of one one or two other. Yeah, one or two others. You're the best one. Oh, so hell far. yeah. So yeah. far. So far. So far. I don't know how many times I have to ask you the difference between vagina and furgina before <laughs> I get moved down that list. <laughs> Do you really want to test it? Can I ask, is it Florida or is it Furlorida? I mean, I've never seen the show, but I do assume that mm-hmm. she has sex in a city and Yeah. I mean, I I'm assuming so. That. She has a, she has a vagina. Bring that back, huh? Uh-huh. So we had te- we had technical difficulties. We had to stop recording like halfway through the podcast yesterday. Um because of me, because I've been because of me. We're not uh-huh. going to get any further into that. I don't that, really understand. Okay. You no you you were you did very good. The problems <laughs> were not your fault, I don't think. I think they were mine. Oh no. But here here you are. Here I am. Back back at it with me, ready back for me it. to ask you the difficult question. Oh no. Hey Cap. What's up, Al? What is what is the weirdest thing that you believe? Do you have a uh, thing? Can you I bring have, it to me? I don't know if I have like a thing. I like I've been thinking about it. It's been tearing me up inside, if I'm being honest. You know? But I, I don't know if I have like a specific thing. Like I've tried really hard. <laughs> you don't have to try. This is not about oh, no. trying to have an esoteric belief. I, if if the weirdest thing that you believe is v- very vanilla, vanilla. I still want to know that thing. We we had we had discussed fate. I we don't did. what t- talk to me about what you think about fate. Interesting. Well, I I um I mean it's kind of how I navigate um, my personal failure. If something goes really wrong, even though I try really hard, I kind of just think, well, it's probably for the best for some reason or the other. And so far, I kind of think if it weren't for this whole dang pandemic thing, 
the kind of life that I'm living right now, which is I'm making art. I never really have to leave my house. I live in a city really far away from my family. Um, I'm kind of paying rent, you know, I'm living off of my work in a city I really love. And despite not being able to like see anybody or do anything, um, I kind of realized I'm kind of living the dream that I set out for myself when I was like 20. So even though things really sucked for a while, um, I'm kind of, I kind of feel like it was all leading to this, you know? Mm. Well, mm. things do suck right now, but I find, I find you inspiring. Wow, I believe you. in you. I believe in my cat bear. I'm holding her in my lap and I'm giving her kisses on the head. Okay. So do, do you so think, if oh, you, oh, okay. oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Go no, on, go on, oh, no, never mind. This is your podcast. Please go. No, I want to know what you have to say. No, I had a question, but I never, never mind. It's a Please. dialogue. I dialogue. want to know the question. It was totally, I demand it, was, it. It was totally off base, off base, off moon well, base. Now I have to say. hear it. Which is, do you like? Do you believe in the moon landing? I believe in the moon landing. I do too. I don't, I don't see a good reason to argue about the moon landing. Yeah. I understand why people were arguing about the moon landing in like 1969 because you're like, that's crazy. How could mm-hmm. we do that? And then you see what we've done now, and you're like, oh, we can do basically anything. Yeah, what's the point of the moon? Why spend money on it? But we don't hex the moon on oh, this yeah. program. I refuse to hex the moon. So I guess uh, there. So my friend Maud um, is from a really small town in Arizona, and uh, they have been keeping me up to date with some of the witch drama that's going on there. There's local witch drama in the small town in Arizona. That I don't know. Do you want an update on the witch drama? Absolutely. What do you All think right. this show is about? This is exactly what I, the content. Okay, I need. good, good. Okay. I'm going to pull up the receipts, but I am going to try to remember it from the top of my head. So there was a tattoo shop that opened in like the little downtown area and people were like, fine. It was a fine tattoo shop. And then a few weeks ago, um, they picked up from security footage, what appears to be two young women uh, cursing the front entrance to this tattoo shop. And so people started pointing fingers on Facebook and eventually it comes out that these women were probably connected to a local coven who also has a uh, local tattoo shop that they plan on opening later in the summer. And so the, the consensus is they're trying to like hex and curse this other tattoo shop so that theirs will perform better. I don't care for that. I don't, I don't care either. for that. I think that if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to practice magics, don't do it in a in a way as to to create the befall of someone else or someone else's company. Mm-hmm. I, you gotta you gotta do positive positive spells, mm-hmm. positive spells for negative people. That's how I feel. I don't think I've ever had success casting a spell. Mm. I I remember okay, so last summer I unfortunately fell really in love with somebody and they did not love me back. So I was like, and I didn't really understand that yet. So I was like, okay, they're just like too nervous to tell me or I have no idea. So I was like, I would make little satchels with like the intent, like just with the intent of like, hopefully this will make, this person will love me, you know? And I wasn't like trying to make them love me, but I was just putting a lot of energy into this relationship that just didn't work out and wasn't going to work out no matter how hard I tried. And I kind of don't think kind of going back to fate in some ways, 
I don't think even magic or intent or positive thinking can like change something if it's just not going to happen. Hmm. Powerful. I, I I guess, but I kind of, when you think about the future, when you think about the, the, the election coming up, for instance, which is really scary and no matter like whatever, no matter how hard we work, no matter how many people vote, whatever ends up being the result of that election is going to be the result of that election. And we can't change it. You know, we can work towards and put our energy towards the outcome we want, but I don't like it's, it's, it's going to happen and there's no changing it, you know? Yeah. I, I, I can see where you're coming from there. You know, I was having, I was having a really far out experience yesterday where I was kind of like looking out to all of the different timelines. I was Mm -hmm. like, because I, I, I read a post and I started to understand something that maybe I, I kind of had misunderstood before, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, you know, there are, like, in a multiverse, you have an infinite number of realities. Yeah. And what I guess the thing that I had taken away, which is just a small thing that I had mis- been misunderstanding, is that people uh, misinterpret the concept of in like in infinity and an infinite number of something. If there's an infinite number of parallel universes, that doesn't necessarily mean that there is a universe in which everything happens. It just means there's an innumerable number of mm-hmm. parallel universes out there. Imagining that I exist in a sea of multiverses where there is some result that I seek in every single one of those realities or mm-hmm. something that I don't seek is going to happen in every one of those realities. There just is a lot of possibilities of things that I can begin to navigate around. In the end of the day, I, I can get like really far out there and say like, well, I can do anything that I want to, which I think is literally true, right? But when you think about no. how your life is, but your life is kind of a story that that you are telling. I think that you can do basically anything with, if, if you have the correct intent and if it is the thing that you are supposed to do. All living possibilities are are going to happen for you somewhere in some sort of parallel timeline. But I I think that like there is a there is a fate to the one that you live in. It kind of feels like, you know, yeah. like you kind of like can feel yourself being drawn drawn towards certain paths mm-hmm. in this particular reality. And I know that like it definitely sucks when you fall in love with somebody and they they like w- when you can get hurt by somebody that you d- love deeply, like yeah. you have the option to either like lean into the nihilism of the situation well like well everything is terrible and things are bad all the time which isn't necessarily what nihilism is but there's a way that you can look at things like that and i think that there is an equally valid way to look at that event happening and say like this is what was going to happen this is fate and this is something that i can navigate around it is not the end of my world mm-hmm. even if it doesn't feel like that in the moment sorry that was a kind of roundabout way to get to that yeah cat Yes, sorry. Do you do you have anything on the radar as far as your own fate? Do you see anything in your future that you either can't avoid or that you are looking to move toward um, you know, within your permanent reality? I mean, I've always had like the artist's path, you know. So I feel like that's something that's always going to be a part of my life and my story, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to like suddenly become a lawyer or anything like that. Um, I've always been really flexible and hardworking. So being able to roll with the punches is something I've 
that's always been important to me. You uh, you run a lot. That's true. Not as much as I used to. Well, you still you still run more than what I would consider a reasonable person to run. Okay. Uh, fair enough. Fair and, enough. And I think that like running to the reason I can't run is because running hurts. Like running is a long, it is a long term hurt. It's, it's not like you start doing it and then it, it stops hurting. It just essentially begins to hurt as you start. And at least for me personally, it just continues to hurt the entire time. And like you can do it and, and it can become easier, but the core feeling is like this, this like feeling of hurting, especially when you're doing marathons, you know, mm, true. would you, would you agree with that? I can kind of block it out for most of it, if I'm honest. It hurts at the mm-hmm. beginning, it hurts at the end, but there's a nice long chunk in the middle where it doesn't hurt and I can kind of zone out and just do it for a while. It's kind of meditative for me. Yeah. Do you do you em- embrace the hurt when you feel it? You know, like some people when they're working out, like when something hurts, that's like their motivation to continue pushing forward. I don't think everybody is like that, but I do think some people are like that. What about you? Hmm. No, sometimes I think when your body's like, hey, this really hurts, you should probably stop. I think for running, it's a little different because I I don't really feel like, I feel like it's a lot worse on my joints. So what I, the pain I feel is usually joint pain or my feet are fucked up pain. Um, and those are the kind of pain that you really shouldn't work through. Uh, you should probably stop and assess why you're in pain as opposed to like, a muscle pain where you can kind of like, like I love that after day muscle ache you get after working out. Meow. Yeah, that's Bear. Meow. Can Bear hear me? No, she cannot. Me- Meow. She cannot hear Meow. you. She's not looking at you. She's not interested. All right. That's I'm okay. so sorry. When things hurt, when you are going through like a situation and you kind of set yourself up to hurt, which I think that we can agree that like when you are really into exercise or really into running or whatever, like that's definitely something that you're like signing up for mm-hmm. is I understand that a big part of this is going to be hurting. And sometimes I think in those moments, it is very easy to forget that we signed up for the thing that hurts. And that's something that has helped me to rewire my fitness routine, um, at least before, you know, I stopped being able Mm -hmm. to go to the gym right now, which was like, you know, you feel something that sucks, that hurts, and you're like, the, you you can look at that as a stimulus and you can decide to approach it from one of two angles. You can be like, well, I feel this thing and I'm going to do everything in my mind mentally to not feel it. Or you can feel the thing and say, I am experiencing a sensation that is difficult. And that is something that I signed up for. So I'm looking at this and I'm seeing a result right now, even if it's not the final result of this action. And I think that you can look at that uh, on a slightly larger scale if you can just zoom out a little. And when we look at ourselves and our lives and and say to ourselves like, well, we are going to the end of some kind of race. You know, Mm -hmm. we are winning some of the races we are in and we are losing some of the races we're in. But 
in reality, I don't think we really know the race that we're doing until it's completely done. And when we're in like weird transitionary times, like right now where it like really hurts, kind of makes me think of like whenever you start exercising a new group of muscles Mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, well, I've never really given this one a go before, but I'm really strong in all of my other muscles, you know? Yeah. So like I'm, I'm, you know, you anticipate not getting sore and not having a hard time with it, but you inevitably do if it's not something that you're constantly going through, which I assume most people aren't like constantly going through a pandemic in their own personal timeline um, mm, or true. a pandemic scale event. So yeah. I I think that's fate. Do you, would you agree that that's fate? Like I, I, you can use fate to look forward to that thing that is in your future and like use it to navigate through the pain that you're feeling right now. I mean, maybe before the pandemic, perhaps like there were a lot of times in my life where I just would have this one thing to look forward to, you know, and I guess it's more linear talking more about like something in the future to look forward to as opposed to like an end result of working towards something. Yeah. I used to get really excited to like for shows, for moving, for new jobs. (laughs) And yeah, it's interesting how a lot of those haven't worked out and they've definitely moved my path along in different ways. I don't know if any of those felt like my fate. If things are kind of on hold for everybody right now, you know, like life, life is sort of, if it has not paused for people, it is drastically slowed down to a, to a crawl in a lot of ways and for everybody in different ways, but in a lot of ways for everybody. And Right now, for me personally, it's really hard to not just be like, well, I got it. You know, it's like time to give up. It kind of feels like it. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying like I like I, it's just like a general sense of apathy can set in really easily right yeah. now, I think. And I've yeah. seen it set in in a lot of people and I have seen it begin to set in in myself and I've had to fight it actively. But it is hard because like, you know, I was not on an easy path before this anyway, as far as like, you know, my, my goals and the things that I wanted to do with my future. And, you know, a lot of what I want to do, you know, requires a fair amount of luck and a fair amount of determination. Mm -hmm. And it was probably one of those things that's like, you know, I, and I, I try not to look at things this way, but like, you know, I'm 26 years old. There's a job out there that I want that probably a 22 year old with the right connections is doing somewhere. Yeah. And, it's just like I'm not getting any younger sitting here watching all of community in quarantine <laughs> as much as I love to do that thing. I can only learn so much from that experience, but mm-hmm. I am still trying to see what I can learn. You know, I'm thinking to the idea of the Buddha going into the woods and staying away uh, until he, you know, saw his own version of enlightenment. And, you know, if that's I can't really go in the woods you know, I go in the woods, you know, that I when I go in the woods, it's not like, you know, I go on I go on well paved paths in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is like, you know, this is kind of everybody's being alone at home in the woods right now, an opportunity to explore yourself in a way that you couldn't before. Yeah. And sometimes that's really nice. And sometimes it's really uncomfortable. But I think it's always worth it if it's something that you're you're doing actively. Yeah, I think it's about being really intentional. You know, like, I I don't think you can train to improve yourself without being really intentional about how you're doing it. I think that's, as an artist, that's something uh, you, I don't think young artists get told a lot. They get told to practice. They get 
get told to draw more, but draw what? Practice what? Like just drawing? What if you're just drawing and it's bad and you're just sitting in your house for a year doing bad drawings and you come out being really good at being bad at drawing, but you're not good at drawing because you weren't really intentional with what you're studying or what we were getting good at drawing. I understand the implication of this conversation that you're having with me right now, and I refuse Is to there? stop drawing furry porn, okay? Oh. I, I cannot stop. I get paid very good money for it. Do you? Okay? That is good money. Um, that is good money. I would. I would. I want to be clear. If I had the skill, I would. It, that would be skill. my hustle. You should make that your quarantine skill, get good at furry porn. Yeah. It is something to get, I would love that. get good at. I, I, I've had a few friends who can do that kind of thing and it's really not as easy as being good at it you have to like really understand your market and really understand what the furries want that they they like that weird shiny look on the penises you know what i'm talking about hmm. there's like a shiny look to a lot of internet anime porn yeah i know what you're talking about yeah but mm-hmm. we have the fr- but can they be shiny if they're covered in fur well, you ask the illustrator that, but also the answer is yes, if it's a furry of an otter. This is true. Yeah. Hey, Kat, do you have anything to promote? Anything to promote? Um, well, I have my online shop, which is keelyturbo.com slash shop. Um, Will you spell that? Yes, that's C-A-I-L-E-Y-T-E-R-V is in Victor, O.com. Uh, you can see some of my work there. I'm an illustrator, artist, designer type. I have some prints. I have some stickers. I have some magnets that I'm going to actually get in the mail today. I'm also available for commissions, uh, looking for freelance design work, that kind of thing, et cetera, et cetera. Your work is excellent, and wow, I love looking at it. And sometimes I just look back through your Instagram because it's just nice and to sit there and, and pleasantly look at someone who is very good at doing a thing. Thank you. I've worked really hard. <laughs> um, do you also do you do you want to plug your Twitter? You don't have to. You can't. Yeah, I'm at Kaylee Turbo on on Twitter as well. My Twitter's a lot more unhinged. If you want me, I mean, my Instagram's pretty unhinged. The Twitter's worse. So that's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. Well, Kat, thank you for coming on my show, and I appreciate you. And let's do it again sooner rather than later, because you are a you are one of my favorite humans. You're a good a good human. Wow, thank you. I try to be good. Doing my goodest. You're you're really up there. High Strangeness is an unfunny production. Our theme song is To Wake Up by Crystal Coast from the album 3. You're also, you're kind of, you know, you're getting the full extended version of that right now. Uh, At least until I finish doing the outro. If you have a question, you want to tell me some dumb shit, email highstrangecast at gmail.com. You can find me, Al Mirabella, on Twitter at at unfunny underscore period 
or follow the show at at High Strangecast. If you like the pod, consider telling a friend or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, folks, stay safe and stay stranger.